0: Today on Marketing Against the Grain, you're going to find out the biggest winners and losers of AI, and you're going to get some sweet tips on tools you should go and try today. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your podcast for how to grow in counterintuitive ways. I'm your co host, Kip Bodner. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan. Kieran, what is
1: up? I'm excited. We get to talk about future trends that are going to cause seismic shifts, and we get to rally up the hype.
0: Choo-choo! We are all aboard the AI hype train today. Kieran, could you be more excited about a trend other than AI right now, or what?
1: AI is the perfect trend where I was like, this is going to suck. I spent a month in the world of AI creation tools and I'm like, this is game-changing.
0: We are going to cover how we think it's gonna impact each and every one of your businesses listening and watching today, what it means for the future of business, what it means for the future of marketing. Before we do that, we're gonna hear a real quick word from HubSpot. Before we get back to today's show, here's a quick word from HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part at least, it brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer. So your go-to-market team can keep up on the pulse of accounts before trying to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means? Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com slash service to do more for your customers today. Kieran, AI is basically all everybody's talking about on the interwebs these days. And you did something special that we wanted to focus on for today's episode. You have gone on a little AI sojourn sabbatical where you
1: focused all of your free time on AI. I went through a bunch of AI tools over a month. And what we're going to do in this episode is tell you who are the winners (laughs) and who are the losers (laughs) from this AI revolution And you are really gonna wanna stay tuned because you do not wanna be in the losers. The losers are gonna get crushed and hold on to the end of the episode because I'm gonna tell you five AI tools you should start checking out right now after this episode. Winners and losers of AI.
0: So I would love to kick off for everybody listening. We're gonna break down today kind of key AI use cases where we think it's gonna go in the future, business impacts. You are going to want to stick around and hear every single minute of this. This is a very important topic. I would love for you to start with what you learned, like give us the overview of going down the AI rabbit hole for the last month.
1: I'm going to go all the way back to the start and give you like a really interesting snippet about the company that somewhat has started the AI explosion in terms of like the media creation tools. Yeah. So OpenAI, a company founded by, I thought, Sam Altman. Did you know Elon Musk is one of the founders of that company? I did not know Elon was a founder of OpenAI.
0: Right. That's wild. What I love about Elon is he's very clear on like, hey, there are a few things that are key to success in business and all of my businesses. And AI is one of them. He needs it for self-driving. He needs it for SpaceX. He needs it for all of his businesses. And he's head down in this space which is crazy to me.
1: What a run if he turns Twitter around like not many people are going to come close to, to the kind of companies cuz I think OpenAI is going to be one of the most profitable companies on the planet. So let me tell you why. OpenAI launched a API to everyone to use. They launched a model called GPT-3. Mm-hmm. I talked to a friend recently who's like an ex AI, I'm not going to say what company but worked in AI for a company. And was telling me like That model, it's being used for text. It's starting to be used for video and audio. It can be used for anything. He started telling me some of the different examples of how you could use that AI model. I am not going to tell our audience because you will freak out. (laughs) Super freak out. (laughs) Come on, you got to tell them at least one. Tell them at least one crazy example. Okay, I'll get you one. So I thought it was mind-blowing. He was like, imagine a future where you can prompt the AI to create some sort of virus. It basically allows everyone to create biological warfare. Because you don't actually have to understand how like it's created. AI can do that for you, right? Same kind of model. Prompts, want something, AI can take the data and then can reconstruct it. And I was like, I'm here like trying to write some blog posts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have not thought about all of the other things that are going to happen. And so they launched that. And then there's just been this explosion of tools. Jasper got a lot of funding recently doing a lot in the writing space. But actually I tweeted out, hey, I'm doing this thing. And everyone was hitting me up with tools. It's like everyone's got an AI tool. Every person was a founder with an AI tool. There's another one called Lex.Page that I really do want to get access to. A guy called Nathan Bazesh. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. He is the founder of Every. But they had over 25,000 users in 24 hours. So what have I learned? Okay, AI is really good. (laughs) I went into this with like, this is going to be pretty sucky. Like I'm not going to want to use any of this content. It's going to just regurgitate surface level best practice. And I was really wrong, right? If you want to create educational content, it's probably 80% of what you need and it's going to be 100% pretty soon. And there was a great thread, I shared it with you, Kip, where this Twitterer created a Twitter thread all about productivity hacks, all AI content, and it's his most successful post to date. Wow. What well, you started thought, to use
0: some of them you know, too, but you've done the deep dive, so I wanted to get your take. My take on all of this is that this is moving crazy fast. So fast. So a few things here. First, I want to make a few bold Bold predictions for the future. future. My bold prediction for the future is OpenAI has the potential to be as big as Amazon Web Services as a business. Yes. Because it is not a little engine for how you do like text and video AI. It is how you will build the entire AI layer of the Internet and of the world. And it has the potential to be as big or bigger than Amazon Web Services. So that is bold prediction number one. Bold prediction number two, just for folks like 10 years from now, Elon is going to have 10 times more money. (laughs) Like you don't realize yet the amount of money and impact this one person is going to create on the world. We'll have some more bold predictions across the pod. Those are two bold predictions I want to start us out with. But again, my usage, Kieran, which has been less than yours, it is... I've been shocked at how much better stuff is getting like week to week, month to month. How
1: fast it's moving. And
0: how usable things are. And I think for everybody listening and watching, artificial intelligence is I think the perfect example where technology is going to outpace human's ability to learn and adopt. right, And the core barrier to AI adoption and AI proliferation is not going to be technology very soon. It is going to be human's ability to get their head around this very new way of doing things. Right. And I think that is a very, very important thing. And you know why that is a very important thing? Because that creates asymmetry in a market. And asymmetry means when some people have the ability to do very different things than the majority. And if you are on the early adopter curve of these tools and you are using it to save money, create better content, tell better stories, these are a lot of the marketing use cases, right? You're going to be able to get far better results for far less money than you have historically. And that is going to allow your business to grow and accelerate in a much, much faster and a much different way than your competition. Right. And if you take nothing away from this podcast, is like you have a new unfair advantage. AI is going to be a new unfair advantage for people who embrace it and find the core use cases in their businesses today to take advantage
1: of it. So this is the two things I wanted to get into because I actually have a different point of view on unfair advantage. So I want to get into the winners and losers of actually using these tools, which I think is the most important thing and our yes. listeners are going to really care about. So the winners, the winners are going to be established websites and people who are really early adopters of AI and can build a presence for their brand much quicker than anyone else. And are going to be really hard to displace. I think what uh, the losers are going to be the laggards. They're going to lose worse than ever. Yes. They are going to lose because they do not have the domain authority to outrank the established sites. And they're going to lose because they're going to be way, way behind in how you actually use these AI tools. Before they know it, these other people have stolen so much on the market that it's going to be way, way harder to catch up. Kieran, you and I disagree on a lot of things. This isn't one of them.
0: I could not agree with you more here. What he is saying, everyone is that there's going to be a higher polarization of winners and losers in the AI generation. That the companies that adopt AI quickly, as well as companies who have a lot of authority already on the internet are going to win and everybody else is gonna lose. Right. And so as you think about your business, think about, oh, I have an unfair advantage, I have a lot of authority, how can I build on that? Or I don't, but I understand the future of AI and I need to get started today to start building that authority in a more rapid way, because I don't wanna be a loser. I don't wanna be on the losing end of this situation. We are giving you secrets today. Like this is the one thing you can do to transform the future of your business is understand how AI and these tools that are available and good to use today, and Kieran is going to give us a few of the ones he thought were really good pretty soon on today's show, can transform how you execute work for your business.
1: And I wanna give the one, takeaway that you should, uh, (laughs) if you're on YouTube, you got something really awesome there. Yeah. So if I'm listening to this episode, like what is the thing I should really take away? What is the thing I should obsess over? Here's what it is. And think about this, repeat this to yourself, mastering Prompts. Oh, I love this. You talked about it earlier on, Kip. How do we find our unfair advantage if AI is going to level a playing field for everyone? Like, we really love to think about what's our unfair advantage. Maybe in the past, your unfair advantage is you can hire the best writer. I can hire the best podcaster. I can hire the best person to create scripts for my YouTube channel. Like, it's going to be pretty hard if AI is able to level a playing field and give you those things. But it's really the prompts, stupid, right? It's the prompts. What do we mean by prompts? Kip, I don't think everybody listening understands what you mean mean by prompt.
0: Explain this process to everybody, because when you and I started talking about this, it literally kind of blew my mind open. And I want to make sure everybody else gets the importance
1: here. Prompts are coding for creatives. Oh, say it again. Say it again. That is a really important thing. Prompts are coding for creatives. Like this is the coding for creatives. This is the coding that they are going to have to learn. Prompts are how you actually tell the AI what you want. Tell the AI you want something boring, non-differentiated, you will get back something boring and (laughs) non-differentiated. Tell someone you want differentiation, creativity, a killer idea, the AI is gonna give you amazing content that you can then build on. You can now spend much more of your time making that content 10X better. But if you just ask the AI and prompt it for really unoriginal things, that's what you're gonna get back. You're gonna to have to learn how to work with an AI because AI now is your writing assistant, right? Yes. AI is your writing assistant. The better you work with your assistant, the better they can support you to be an incredible content creator, whether that's through text, audio, and video. And that's what really struck me when I was going down here. Is like, I was really learning how to tell the AI what I wanted. And I was just like, I'm just telling it to give me like a really boring article, or I'm telling it to give me a really boring outline. Like, how do I like prompt it to give me something really differentiated? I got into like, <laughs> but I got into like just to test like how you can do this, like all of the most difficult things that have happened in human history that cause very tribalism. Like, why did this country invade this country? Why did, yeah. And I got AI to answer those things. Now, that's the very polar opposite of like the extreme of trying to get like real creative content around certain topics but like you have to really force yourself to think what would be a really great topic to get some creativity around so the prompt for me is everything there's already a prompt marketplace promptbase.com where you can buy and sell prompts that's because prompts are going to be coded for creators this is the thing we are going to have to learn it's a new skill and this is the one takeaway I would take from this episode and start to obsess over.
0: I love that. And I'm going to re that promptbase.com again. So if you want to look and get examples and inspiration of prompts and prompts you could buy, To go and put AI to better work for you immediately, that is something you can do. And the fact that there's already a marketplace for prompts, and this is why I want to try to to break down even further, because I think this point is so important. If you've been in marketing or business for a long time, you're used to the notion of a creative brief. Mm, Oh, I love this. And Kieran and I, we live our minds in a then versus the now kind of way of thinking. It used to be a creative brief. It's going to be prompt. Mm. Like, that's how you want to think about I it. Love it. It used to be, oh, I want to make a great brand campaign or I want to have a great website. Oh, I need to write a very good and clear creative brief outlining who my audience is, what I'm trying to achieve, what are these humans going to work on and what are they working towards? Now a prompt is doing that, but doing it for a machine instead of a human. So it's something that you already have the base skills for, but you are trying to do it in a new way for a different way of doing things, doing it for a machine versus doing it for a human. So anytime right now, I would challenge you, anytime you're working on a creative brief in your company, Think about, should that creative brief be for a human or should it be for a machine? Mm, that's great. Right? Like If you want to start transforming how you do this work, that is how you do it. If you could even just take 10% of your creative briefs and move them from humans to machines, you're going to go much faster and much cheaper.
1: A good litmus test, if you're sitting there and you don't know how to decide between those things, whether I have to have a human do this or have AI do this, this. then you don't know what you need to know. You need to know the answer to that question to be able to work in the future. That's actually a great litmus test. If you don't know the answer to that question, you don't know enough and you're going to get absolutely crushed by people who do know how to use these tools. Well, also, if you don't know, start with a machine machine's faster and cheaper. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, If you yeah, don't know, yeah, start yeah, yeah. with a
0: machine. And if a machine doesn't give you what you want. And then iterate. Like, I think if you and I were running a startup here, and one of the things we do is like, cool, we're just putting all of our briefs through the machine. Yeah. And we're going to do 100% of them. And the 20% that work are great, and we're just going to keep using them. The 80% that don't work, we're going to go then use humans for them.
1: Right? Yeah. Machine first, human second. And then we're going to shift that percentage over time to make that more and more effective. That's how I think about the writing, actually. Go through the AI first, and the human as the kind of sugar on top. Yes. Like, that's what I was thinking is like, you know, if you think about create a piece of content and 100% of what goes into that, the ideation the outline, the research, and then the write-in. Mm-hmm. Because the first three takes so much time, you kind of skimp a little bit on the writing. Now you can actually spend all your time on the writing because you have the ideation, you have the outline, you have some substance in there that you can build from. So it should make, I think it will make some content 10x better. I do think it will, for a time, saturate the internet with the same content. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see a huge increase in just like cookie cutter content. But I think there's gonna be some people who truly learn how to use these tools through the creative brief, and can create things way much better, like elevate their content to new heights.
0: Yeah. Going back to our winners versus losers framework, you're arguing that writers are winners here.
1: I think writers are winners. Because
0: they're going to get to spend their time doing better, more interesting stuff. And so I'm going to ask you a question that I think all of our listeners might be thinking right now. A lot of people listening have teams of writers in their company who are doing this work. Do you think all of those teams should have access to at least one AI tool to improve their writing? Yes or no? Yes. You think every writing team should be using AI today as where it currently stands in its maturation.
1: Yeah, because one of the things to think about bold, is... Bold, take for everybody listening out there. I, and uh, please, if any AI company is raising, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kieran would like to invest. I would like to can invest. Can I invest? And Kip would like to invest. Like, bring us on. We are awesome. Advisory, <laughs> uh, invest in whatever you want to do. So here's the thing, why they should do that, that we actually didn't talk about. And I and we kind of talked about, we, I haven't framed it like this. You know who could be a loser? Google. Oh, hot take loser. Now, why is Google a potential loser? Why could every writer benefit from this? It's actually somewhat a better personalized search engine. Oh. So I'll give you a really good example. One of the things I was playing around with was just like, What they're best for right now is actually listicles. And I don't think Mm -hmm. the world needs an infinite of listicles, but I think they'll improve into other things over time. Explain everybody what a listicle is, Kieran, just so that people might know. A listicle is like the six best things, the 10 best ways. They're just like the formulaic, like 10 best, five best, great, these five excellent ways, whatever. You know, the listicles have a number of things. So I was going in and creating listicles and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to create the five best restaurants in Dublin that I should check out. Now, that's a Google search, right? And I would have to go Google search and then I have to go read all these web pages. The AI just writ me a post, <laughs> just like <laughs> writ me a post. And it was really good of like the restaurants I should check out in Dublin and why? So I don't have to go and look on Google. I can actually just read my own article and then decide which restaurant I want to go to, right? There's something in that. So for the writer, so why did I say that about the writer? Even if you yeah. don't want to use it for the writing and a lot of writers will not because they have their own style And maybe the AI does not fit into that right now. But the research part of it is like super interesting because I could just sit there and tell the AI to give me a bunch of research. And research is such a big part of the writing process. And so I think that is an interesting trend to look out for. I love that. And for
0: everybody listening, the internet is continuing to enable what I'd call verticalization, the ability to go deeper and deeper into different use cases and topics. And AI is a part of that. And what Kieran's saying is why Google might be a loser in the current state of AI is because you can get much better niche and focused answers from an AI tool than you can from a search engine. Right. You know, the notion of getting the one best result isn't as important when you can get the 10 best results and the context around them.
1: The context.
0: Versus maybe a search engine results page of 10 results with less context around them. It is the clarity and context that some of these tools that can provide that is really important and really valuable.
1: Well, think about the fact that I asked for that in text. Mm-hmm. What happens when I can ask for it in video? Yes. Right? I can create personalized videos for the things that I want to learn or search for. Like that is just mind-blowing right that is just gonna be super mind-blowing like i show me a video for how to use the ai tools Mm -hmm. and i can just get a piece of content created for me to do that education there's just so many different applications that i don't think we will even have wrapped our heads around they'll just explode over the next 12 months
0: Well, yeah, I think the education use cases are are huge here. And I think we've got brilliant faculty and professors all around the world who understand like the curriculum and what they want to talk about. And then it's kind of the building out of the topics and details around that. And I think AI can really facilitate that. Like, I think it's going to be a really interesting partnership in this next generation between humans and machines to get this done.
1: So I wanted to end with this because I think this is the most interesting potential loser and I want to read something out and then I'll tell you after why I read it out. Oh, please, please. So are marketers the biggest losers, right? Will Ooh. AI make marketers redundant? Let me give you this answer. No, but it does mean we need to upskill. In the future, marketing will be more about growth than creating pretty pictures, writing surface level best practices. We need to start thinking about how we can use all these tools today. Who wrote that, Kip? AI. Ah! <laughs> I- I knew that's why you were reading it. I
0: knew it. I I was like, oh, that sounded exactly like something Kieran would say, except it was from a machine.
1: And the machine thinks marketing are creating pretty pictures and writing surface level best practices. Come on. Come on, AI. Those are like exactly your words. Did you feed the machine those words? No, I just said, will AI make marketers redundant? And it wrote me back that.
0: Read it again for everybody. Read it again for everybody. I think it's important.
1: <laughs> yeah. So here we go. I asked AI, will AI make marketers redundant? No, but it does mean we need to upscale. In the future, marketing will be more about growth than creating pretty pictures right in surface level best practices. We need to start thinking about how we can use all of these new tools today. AI on marketing, creating pretty pictures Right in surface level best practices.
0: Are you and I going to have to retire from the pod? Because AI is just going to be able to do it for us. Like, I mean, I mean, it's kind of crazy.
1: We're all we're doing is creating picture pictures and doing surface level content. <laughs> you know what? I must actually, that's just giving me a great idea to go and figure out what AI thinks about all different uh, roles. Oh, t-
0: totally. <laughs> you, should, you should do that. Uh, we, should, we should do a future pod on that. But okay. So we just went over some pretty big winners and losers of AI in just a second. Kieran is going to share some of his favorite AI tools to kind of close us out. But I wanted to do a quick recap for everybody listening. What we're saying is that AI tools are here. Like the usability for AI in your day-to-day business is here. And there are some big winners and big losers. And again, we think the biggest winners are those companies who are incumbents and those companies who adopt AI early to build their authority online, to build their audience and help build their community online. Those are common themes of this show and of this podcast. And AI is an accelerant to that, not a distraction from that. And we want everybody to understand that. And this is a fast, fast changing landscape. There are gonna be new tools and new use cases all of the time and understanding where to focus and mapping AI to the core parts of your business that you're really focused on investing in is going to be an important part of how you succeed over the next 12 to 24 months. With that being said, Karen, I know you've used some tools specifically. Why don't you drop some of the tools you loved using the most to everybody listening today so they can maybe go and take action now that they've listened to our perspective on this and go see it for themselves?
1: Right, I'm going to give you six. And again, this whole episode has been very pro AI. So do not come at me, tools. We've been very pro. I will tell you, they all seem very similar. Very similar. Now, I think where they differ is in some of the templates. Some of the AI is better in the more established companies. And the interface, some of them really need to figure out their interface because some of it is like really uh, not that easy to use. So ones that I would check out, Jasper, obviously, is the kind of dominant force. Jasper.ai. Jasper.ai, Shout out to that team. Shout out to David and Megan. Moonbeam, CopyLine, Writer, R-I-T-R, Copy.AI, copy Smith. Now I have a whole inbox and Twitter DM of other people hitting me up their AI tools. The other one that I will shout out, even though they haven't given me access yet. Come on, Nathan. Lex.Page. Is the okay. one I really want to try. It's blowing up. I'm trying to get Nathan to give me access. If someone hears a show and knows Nathan, Nathan, hit up your boys Kip and Kieran, man. Yeah, we're shouting it out. Even though I haven't got access, but hit Nathan up, uh, ask him to give us access, and we'll talk about it again on a future show.
0: And then one key final thought: go check out some of those tools. And I was remiss in my summary a moment ago. Prompts are the future of creative yes, briefs. Prompts. Check out promptbase.com to get examples of how people are prompting AI today and how you could do that for your business. This has been a fascinating trip, not just into the future, but into today. This is Things That You Can Do Today, everyone. And we are so excited. We're gonna talk more about AI on future episodes, but we wanted to give you a quick state of the landscape today. And until next time, it's been Marketing Against the green.